we're back. This is Joe and TJ from the Schoolhouse 302, and you're listening to our Focus Ed podcast. Focus Ed is your educational leadership podcast. In every episode, it's our mission to focus on one aspect of teaching and leading in school so that you can make progress in your district, school, or classroom with even more knowledge, better understanding, and a clear direction on what to do next for your students and staff. In each show, we ask an expert guest to join us and we dissect their work and tons of other information about leading better and growing faster in schools. We're only doing 14 episodes per school year and we hope you'll listen to all 14. The guest list is incredible. Don't miss a single show and do us a favor. Please like, share, and follow Focus Ed on SoundCloud, iTunes, and our website, theschoolhouse302.com. And now for another episode of Focus Ed. Each episode of Focus Ed, we invite expert guests to join us. In this episode, we have Evan Robb with a focus on principal leadership, including a special focus on what Evan calls taking a leap. Evan Robb is the principal of Johnson Williams Middle School in Barryville, Virginia. He has over 20 years of experience serving as a building level principal. Prior to being the principal of a school, he was an English teacher, a department chair, and an assistant principal. Evan is a recipient of the Horace Mann Educator of the Year Award. In addition, the NCTE Commission on Reading selected him to serve on its national board. A TEDx speaker, Evan offers inspirational keynotes, workshops, webinars, and ongoing professional learning opportunities on leadership, mindset, culture, impact, change, and how to improve literacy in schools. Evan has shared his ideas with thousands of educators at dozens of workshops across the United States and in other countries. His first book titled The Principal's Leadership Sourcebook, Practices, Tools, and Strategies for Building a Thriving School Community was published in 2007. He then wrote The 10-Minute Principle, which we're going to talk about today, which was released in 2019. Evan and Laura Robb collaborated with Dave Burgess Publishing to write Team Makers, which was published in August of 2019. And his latest book, again with Laura, is called A School Full of Readers. Please explore the Rob Review blog and Scholastic Edu for more on his thoughts on teaching, learning, and leadership, as well as his podcast, The Rob Review Podcast. Finally, Evan has been named one of the top educational leaders to follow on Twitter, at Erob Principal. Let's tweet to him today using hashtag Focus Ed. We hope you enjoy this episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and follow. You can always get more by following theschoolhouse302.com. Go to the site, click on follow. All right, Evan, I want to welcome you to the show. We're here with, with Joe, and we really thank you for joining us today on Focus Ed. Well, I thank you very much for the invitation. It's always great to be able to uh, learn from educational leaders and to be able to share some ideas with educational leaders. So ready to get rolling. Thanks. That's great. We are going to jump right in here. We mentioned it before. You wrote a book called The 10-Minute Principle. So let's start with the book, and then we want to jump into some of your experiences in schools. Tell us 
why you wrote the book, what it means to free up your time to focus more on leading, and what you want educators to take from that message. I appreciate that very much. There, there are several reasons that I wrote the book. One, one had to do more with reflecting on my career and wanted to be able to hopefully give some helpful advice or, or some information for younger educational leaders to reflect on. And also to be able to communicate a journey that I went on through leadership that was a little bumpy at first. You know, sometimes, uh, and I experience this more often now than I did when I was younger, but you know, when someone writes a book, people think that that's, it just sort of happens and, and none of those things happen. There's a lot of work and time that goes into everything prior to that that leads to that happening. And with school leadership, when I first started as a school principal, I, in retrospect, was not ready for that job. And I found myself in a, in a spot where the job was running me, and I was in a very reactional kind of style of leadership, if you want to call reactionary leadership a style of leadership. Uh, but that was definitely a, a definer of me. I was losing a focus of what I believed in and how I wanted to center my leadership and the work that I work collaboratively with my team on. And I was just reaction, reacting to things all the time. Or I was putting my time into things that were not necessarily the best use of my time. Or at worst, uh, putting my time into things that I was comfortable with uh, as a way to take up some of my time because I was less comfortable to move into other areas. So the simple message of my book is I offer a framework to think about leadership, to reflect on your personal leadership, and reflect on the leadership within the building. It's called the Six Pillars of Leadership. And I also encourage people to get really intentional with their time. So it's this combination of figuring out who you are, what you believe in, and then making an intentional effort to take more control of time and how you use time during your day. And so that's kind of the premise of the 10 minute principle. And then I offer different opportunities that, that can be done in approximately 10 minutes for people to think about, reflect on, or take action on in, in different elements and, and areas that have to do with building level leadership. Evan, the book is, I think, a, a must read now for a lot of young novice administrators. And I also would say even for veteran administrators to remind, you know, them of what's important. The six pillars are critical. Would you mind digging into the relationship pillar? That's one that resonated with me, quite frankly, and something that I, I think that as a school administrators, you cannot take for granted. And that's the relationships that especially administrators have with their students, with their teachers, all of the staff, the greater community. Can you dig into that a little bit but also through the lens of what you just said, not doing it because it's comfortable or you're good at it, that it's done in a meaningful way that moves the school forward. Great question. So really briefly, the six pillars that, that I speak about in the book, um, your vision, relationships, trust, efficacy, a student-centered environment, instructional knowledge. You are correct that relationships is absolutely a foundational element of building level leadership. It's a foundational element of leadership in general and certainly needed for classroom instruction to occur also. But it's something that does require some intentionality and so as a leader you need to ask yourself what what do you need to do to cultivate healthy positive relationships within your building 
or maybe even the tougher question, what might you be doing, whether it's on purpose or inadvertently, to hinder relationships within your building? I like to think about relationships as it's the foundation of a house. It is fundamental to, to the work that we do. Now, it gets a little bit overplayed sometimes within social media and education as it is the only thing that really uh, matters in terms of being an effective classroom teacher or an effective school administrator. And I would say that's not true. There's a lot that goes into building level leadership. Any teacher who's listening to this knows there's an awful lot that goes into teaching and having an effective classroom over and above the relationship piece. However, without good relationships, it simply will not work. So, as the leader of the building, you have to ask yourself, are your words and your actions cultivating positive relationships within your building? Because if there's a healthy, healthy relationships within a school, you have to start thinking, or I like to encourage people to think about what are the things that come from that when that exists within a building. So relationships are born out of trust. And when you have relationships and trust, things can happen in a building that move a building forward in many different ways, including you know, something that you mentioned in the introduction, the ability to take a leap or to take chances with your leadership or to take chances with the instruction that occurs in your classroom. If positive relationships are not in place between, in that example, between the teacher and the administration, people won't take those chances. So it has to be worked on continually. And one of the things that I like to caution people about is, especially as a new leader, you want to make sure that you're not building relationships that are causing you to compromise who you are or what you believe in. Let me give you an example. Every, I think we, everyone who's listened to this would agree that relationships are an important element for school leadership or classroom teaching. But they need to be born out of, out of truth and out of connecting with people who believe similar things to what you believe. But if the leader compromises what they believe in, in order to build to have a relationship or to build an alliance, then that can be quite counterproductive to being successful as a leader and having a successful building. You know, I'll give you the classroom teacher example is rings true also. Again, we would agree that relationships in a classroom are certainly foundational to having an effective learning environment within a classroom. However, not the only thing. So you can have a classroom where the relationships between the teacher and the student, they look fantastic. However, no one's learning. You can have, you, you can, it can appear that there's good relationships within a building, but people are not tending to the most important thing within the building, which is teaching and learning and helping to make sure that we're meeting the needs of all children um, that come into our school. So it is one piece of, of the six that I mentioned absolutely something that needs to be continually worked on and intentionally worked on. As I say with everything, things that you want to be intentional about, you need to work on and you need to practice. Kind of think about it like a garden. A garden requires water and sunlight. It has to be tended to. But if it's not worked on through intentionality, then it's still going to happen. But if it happens without intentionality, sometimes it may not happen in a good way. So that's a critical piece, and I'm, we're glad you mentioned that, moving the relationship in the right direction to move the school in the right direction, that it's not just about what we like to say, being nice to one another. It's about working with, with one another in, in a positive direction. You also mentioned in the book about mindsets, and so I'd like to kind of talk about that 
pillar of relationships and you mentioned trust, but also in shifting mindsets, creativity, innovation, especially now they take taking risks in a school. How do you, how do you cultivate, how do you foster that type of mindset as a principal, as a leader, even as a teacher? The wonderful question. The most simple answer to that is it has to be led and modeled by the leader of the building. Um, because if it's not, it simply won't occur. So let's dig into that a little bit deeper. Because there's real leadership and modeling where there's things that could be perceived as disingenuous. So something could be perceived as disingenuous if there's a disconnect between what the leader says and what they see the leader do. So let's say mindsets. So most educators, I would believe, would love to see a building that's really focused on the work of Carol Dweck and growth mindset, it's wonderful. But the principal must champion that. If staff see that the principal talks about it, but their actions are not in sync with what they talk about, then no one believes what the leader talks about. For it to occur at the classroom level, teachers need to see that it's something that's valued and communicated from the admin level in the building. If you really want to see that work collectively across the building. Now it could occur in pockets if it's not led by the ultimately the principal in the building, but for it to occur collectively across the building, it has to be communicated and modeled by the principal, which in turn opens up the door for teachers to wish to do the same in their classroom. Now the same parallel that I get from the principal will exist within the classroom. So here's a really simple example. You will never find a classroom that's incredibly focused on growth mindset led by a teacher who models a fixed mindset. You just won't see it. There has to be that parallelism. So one of the messages that I like to get, that I like myself to think about and I like to encourage people to think about is how are you modeling something? How are your words and your actions supporting what you wish to communicate? And then in turn, how are you giving people permission through trust, relationships, really good communication to bring that into the classroom? That's incredibly um, powerful. I, I want to just revisit that to make sure our listeners caught it, which is to lead and model in our words and action to give permission to act as well you know so i think there's it's a critical notion you just made about the permission piece i don't know if people fully recognize as administrators how much we're being watched in that regard and what that leads others to how to behave and act and so forth so i appreciate that and i really like the whole uh way you started with the lead and model with our listeners to have what is one entry point so you talk about these pillars and then you get into very specific elements of the book on moving forward if you were to give our listeners specific advice things they can do tomorrow what would be that next step that they have to take to be that entry point to enact what you're discussing in the book i think that the first step is to take some honest reflection or evaluation of your personal agency as, um, as an educational leader. Now I'm going to argue that the best leaders are learners. And so I would ask anyone who's listening to this, you know, what are you doing to propel yourself as a learner? And I don't, I'm not discounting, you know, graduate classes and things like that, the more formal kind of avenues, 
but what I but what I would encourage people to do is start sourcing information in different ways to get connected with people to expand who you are as an educational leader. Social media is a very good way to do that. I like to encourage educators to uh, to take a leap and get connected through social media, get connected through Twitter, find people who you want to learn from and allow yourself to learn from them and then share that with people who you work with and then that in turn creates a ripple effect and encourages people to do the same. So there's not it's not really as simple as you know here's here's like something that you can do on Monday morning to start really changing the, the dyna your dynamic but what I would say is there there's value in expanding who you are as a learner and then really spending some time to reflect and figure out what you believe in because as a leader you know at, this most, at the most simple level a leader needs followers to be a leader but hopefully you want people to follow you because they understand who you are and what you believe in and then so my question would be and this is something that you can think about on a Monday morning how do people know what you believe in how do, how do they know you know do they know it because of you know how the information that you share or are you, you know, fastidious with communicating a core message over and over again how are they starting to figure out who and what you are? Because the more that they understand who you are, the more they will be either drawn to you or potentially move away from you because they're out of alignment with that. But again, I want to, I want to, I want to circle back to this again. It is very important to, for each person who's in a leadership position, whether it's education or business, to really understand who you are and why you do what you do. And then you need to make sure as a leader that you're finding avenues to communicate that with people whom you work with and people whom you may not through social media and other avenues. It's a critical point, and I'm, I'm grateful that you brought it up in terms of, you know, what Joe and I talk a lot about is the difference between a learning culture and a teaching culture, right? The learning culture is that everybody comes to school to learn, even the teachers and especially the teachers if we wanna model that for our students. And so I'm grateful for the reflection for all of the folks who are here, but also for our listeners, how do people know who you are and what are you doing to propel yourself as a learner, expanding yourself as a learner. So it's a great segue too, if you don't mind, Evan, into some questions that we have about how you expand yourself as a, as a learner. What are some favorite resources of yours, whether they're teaching and learning resources or leadership resources in schools? Our audience loves to get, you know, get a hold of, of that stuff. And, and hopefully that also initiates that propelling yourself as a learner. Like, here's where I go first. Okay, there are a couple things. One thing I can offer this to anyone who's listening is if you go to the robreview.org, I have created a daily news feed and if you just put your email in, every day you'll get an email from me that curates educational articles and information from all around the world. And it'll come to your email every morning at 6.50. I don't do anything with the emails that are, that are given. I pay for everything. It's 100% free. I encourage people to tap into that because it's a nice way to source information when you're eating breakfast or getting ready to go to work. I would also like to recommend the Aspire Leadership Podcast to anyone who's listening, which is created by a friend of mine, Josh Stamper. And he has over 100 interviews with educational leaders um, 
well-known and prominent educational leaders from around the country, some around the world. And that can be accessed also at any time. My go-to website for sourcing you know, very particular posts on education is always teachthought.com and encourage people to check that out also. One of the things that I have learned is I like to look at lots of different ways to source information. So, you know, I've, right now I've just said, here's a website that you can sign up for this and get an email every day. This is a podcast because I like to listen to podcasts, especially when I drive to work. And so I take advantage of that. The one that I recommended, Aspire Leadership Podcast, is really good. I'll also recommend a friend of mine, Todd Nisloni, who has a wonderful Facebook page. And he is always interviewing educational leaders and, and teachers and it's a very positive, up, uplifting Facebook page with lots of information that can be accessed. So I can go on and on on this one, but I'll stop on that. And I, but I would also say uh, I like to be quite active with Twitter and connect with, with educational leaders that way and teachers. Thank you. We started to put some of those resources in the chat. We, we actually just had Todd on the podcast not too long ago so okay. uh, we also appreciate his work a great deal and thank you for that is there just to stay on this topic for a minute and because you had said earlier you know we're not knocking graduate programs i think everyone on this call and then who will listen in the future really obviously benefits from structured education is there anyone outside of the world of education, though, the business community, others that you refer to or go to that have really influenced you or broadened your capacity, but aren't in the traditional sense educators? Yeah, absolutely. Simon Sinek is someone I would recommend really pretty much anything that he puts out. His <laughs> book, Start With a Why, is a fantastic book. He has an incredible TED Talk called the golden circle and um, he is fairly active within social media and um, shows a lot of information on LinkedIn also uh, Seth Gooden is someone who I go to for leadership ideas and someone who I would recommend also and I appreciate the question because one of the things that I've learned is you know just because we are all educators should never mean that we don't try to connect with people and source information outside of it outside of education and there's a lot of great stuff in education and you know, certainly, I, I'm not knocking any of that whatsoever. But there are a lot of thought leaders, and the work of Simon Sinek in particular I find very compelling because he really drives people to constantly think about you know, who they are, why they do what they do, and how they can be a source of, of inspiration for others. Thank you for that. I saw a smile from Joe when you said Seth Godin because he's one of my favorites, and it, whenever he gets brought up, it... um. It's just serendipitous that that we're always on this call and Joe's, Joe's looking at me like, here you go again. <laughs> but yeah, Seth is great. I love his daily blog as well. Yep. I subscribe to that. Yeah, so you mentioned Simon Sinek, Golden Circle, Start With Why. Let's go to books. They don't have to be educational books, but pivotal books for you, ones that our listeners might pick up. That could be education or, or outside of education. Mm -hmm. Are there any titles that you would mention? Yeah. Fair Isn't Always Equal by Rick Warmly is a great book. And it's a book that I think is very helpful for schools that are ready to take a very honest look at grading practices as they look to explore best practice in grading. And in many cases, change uh, the way that they're grading 
to be more effective uh, for evaluating the learning of young people. So Fair Isn't Always Equal, Rick Wormley is a wonderful book. Carol Dweck has a great book called Mindsets that, that I've always referred back to, um, really good for gaining an understanding of growth mindset and research associated with growth mindset. And the non-education book that I'd like to recommend is a book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Building a Story Brand. So it is not an educational book, but, but, but it has to do with the power of marketing and how story can be used to uh, convey a message, whether it's a message in the business world for sales or whether it's a message of um, you know, inspiration that, that often educators want to deliver. All three are wonderful books. TJ and I are, are big fans of Donald Miller, mm-hmm. mainly because of our own. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And he, he shares in a really easy way how to do this. So the one thing that really I, I like about him and others like Seth, if you aren't in that world of marketing, if you're not in that world and the business sector, they make it understandable and turnkey that I feel like, especially as educators now, as we're trying to put our story out more and more and tell all the great things we're doing, those gentlemen make it very easy and I'm sure there's others like it. Evan, just to transition a little bit about impact. And so we've talked about, you know, the purpose of your book, The 10 Minute Principle. We talked about, you know, some other resources and now let's get into this impact. You know, is there something you're really excited about going on in your own school that you're jazzed about you want to share or something that you're familiar with that you want to embark on that's just going on every day in schools that you think needs to become more and more a part of the culture of every school for the betterment of our kids? Yeah, that's a a lot there. That's good stuff. I'll unpack some of that. So let me talk a little bit about my building and kind of pull some of this together with some of the things that I've spoken about within 10-Minute Principle. So one of the things that's a pillar of the 10-Minute Principle is vision. So the importance of uh, knowing who, collectively having an understanding of what the school is, what the school believes in, and um, what the school aspires to be. And uh, visions are interesting because every school that I've ever been to has a really good vision statement, but it is not a determinant of an effective school more interesting is typically effective schools take action on their vision. So one of the things that has been a big focus in my building and and part of the vision of my building is innovation, creativity, and taking some risk. Now I can expand this now from my building to buildings all across the country. The shift that has occurred in education over the past eight months is incredible. You know, schools went from normal school to emergency remote learning, and now schools across the country are typically in a hybrid version of learning or uh, or doing virtual learning, but it's getting better and better all the time. And so what I am seeing in my school is people who are focusing in on the vision of our building and using that to empower them to take the leaps necessary to do what needs to be done right now. Technology as an example. You know, there are certainly things that a principal can do to inhibit people learning new technologies in, t- in a building. You know, people, you, you know, as simple as making people feel less than if they're not as good as other people who are better. But there are also things that can be done 
to uh, support and model that and uh, let people grow that way within a building. And I think as, a, as learners, my staff, but I'm seeing this with teachers all over the country, are finding that as daunting as the task has been and continues to be, people can do it because they're tapping into elements within themselves that uh, they may not have even really thought a lot about a year ago, meaning your ability to learn something really quick. You know, a year ago, it may have been very easy to say, well, this is a technology that I'm interested in, but I don't really need to do that. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll catch that some other time. But now schools that are in virtual learning, teachers have to learn very fast. And so the ability to just discount it is, is not there right now. And people need to reflect on themselves as a learner, how they source information, how they source training uh, and, and support from each other to learn something new. And then there's a really great opportunity for the leader to pull the staff back and have the staff see the connections between what they're doing and the vision, the vision of the organization. Because obviously you always want to pull back to the vision, to the goals and, and, and the mission of the organization. And, some, and it's easy to think that while wow, things are so busy right now, there's not an opportunity to do that. But what I would say with good intentional leadership, there's always an opportunity to do that. And to go back to, to the work of Donald Miller, you want to tell your story. Story is the oldest way in the world that people communicate. But remember, if you don't tell your story, someone else will. So I you know, encourage myself and encourage people that are listening, what stories are occurring in your building right now? How are you telling them? How are you celebrating them? And, and even, and the more interesting question for the leader is, how are you going to recall these at some point in the future when you want to talk to other people about the amazing work that this team is doing right now and that they did right now and how future teachers can look at that and learn from that and apply that to the challenges that they face? It's very interesting. I wrote down effective schools take action on their vision. It's not just about having a vision or creating a vision or hanging it on the wall. They take action on their vision and they use that vision to empower people. Those are just two awesome quotes from what you were just talking about. And I, 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 I think the capacity that edu educators have proven just in this recent time, Evan, has been awesome in their ability to learn something really fast. Another quote that you, you had just there and we can't thank you enough for, for bringing that to light. My pleasure. It is, you know, and what I would say, is, TJ, is the same example that I give from the building perspective about vision, focus, mission, it applies to the larger school division also. So every example that I just gave applies perfectly well to a superintendent and making sure that the school division, as it is going through times of challenge right now, is using the strategic plan and the specific goals of the strategic plan to help guide decision making and to make sure that decisions that are being made as much as possible are in line with uh, the strategic plan of the school division. So there, there's lots of ways that things can parallel. Um, but again, the point that I'd like to raise is that even though times are challenging, you know, now may be even a better time to take a look at some of those elements and help use those to guide decision-making now. It's a good challenge to think long-term and, and to, to shed the urgent temporary mindset that some folks are in right now and, and to think about the benefits and the silver lining 
and what we are, are both experiencing now and can experience in the future. Evan, this has been a great conversation. We want to thank you for joining us today. Ending with, is there anything else that you would like to add for, for today's guests or for our listeners? I think the one thing that I, w- that I would add is um, to anyone who is an educational leader or to anyone who is a teacher, uh, the work that, that we do, that you do, is incredibly important. And um, I have, um, I'll, I'll give you a little personal example. You know, I, I had several occasions over the summer where I was in an awkward spot where I overheard people who I didn't know, and they were saying very judgmental things about educators. Um, opinions that uh, people shouldn't be, if they're not gonna come back into the building, they shouldn't be paid. Things that were, were kind of hurtful. And everyone who's listening to this may have something that they recall but my message would be that uh, the work that you do is some of the most important work you know on on this planet, and um, and re- and remember that. And it is we are certainly in a, in a challenging time, but educators have shown and continue to show that they are incredibly capable to step up to challenging times. And um, and from this we will all learn. You know, as educators, we want children to learn, and we want to learn too. Uh, but there's a lot that we'll learn as we move through these times also. So my simple message is uh, a message of appreciation, thanks, gratitude to any anyone who is in our business. Well, thank you for that. That's been a great note to, to end on with, uh, with gratitude and grace. Fantastic. You heard it here on Focus Ed. Evan, Rob, everyone, how about a virtual round of applause from our live audience? Thank you so much. Never before have we uh, experienced so many reactions on Zoom. Don't forget to follow the schoolhouse302.com for podcasts, blog posts, books to read, and more. We'll be back soon with another episode of Focus Ed. Until then, stay focused. Evan, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I appreciate it. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days? What's that, TJ? Sleep. A good night's rest. Self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. One of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep. I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell, how do we go about getting better sleep? Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend Ghost Bed, our sponsor with 30,000 plus five-star reviews. Their patented sleep and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed. That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a hundred and one night at home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you. And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code SH302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com, 
to get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster, you use SH302 at checkout. Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out ghost bed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest. Wow. That's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral. If you get somebody else a good night's sleep, better sleep for you, better leadership, ghostbed.com. You can't beat it. Ghostbed.com.